This is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem in the Rocky Mountain region, featuring the founders, funders, and contributors, and most importantly, the stories of what they're building. I'm Les Craig from Next Frontier Capital, and on today's episode, we have Trent Mono, who is the founder and general partner at Convoy Ventures in Utah. Hey, Trent. Thanks so hey. much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Les. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited to have you, and I got to tell you, I I feel like we've known each other for a very very long time, and we, we I mean we haven't known each other for a very long time, but we have known each other, and we finally met in person though last week at Silicon Slopes, which was such a such a joy. So yeah, um, no, it was great. Yeah, you have those people. It's like you take the take the relationships from like email to to Zoom to 3D. So it's fun to make that transition finally. Yeah. So. Even better than I than I had, had expected, and I had high <laughs> expectations. So, um, well, I'm so excited for you to share your story today. I think you're doing some incredible work in Utah. Certainly, your rep- reputation as an early stage pre seed investor in Utah is is very strong in the founder community. Everybody that I talk to just has great things to say. But what we want to showcase on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I also want to explore who you are, where you came from, where you grew up. So maybe take us back to the beginning and uh, start the story where, wherever you're comfortable and tell us about who you are and where you came from. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in the Bay Area. Um, so, uh, you know, a kid in, in Silicon Valley, I, I just actually had no idea about what was going on in, in the in the tech and startup world at, at the time, you know. So I uh, kind of grew up oblivious to all that. I just did regular small, uh, you know, small town suburban kid stuff um, without any real paying attention to any of that. I went to BYU here in Utah um, and was uh, studied Chinese um, did the Mormon mission thing like a lot of people do here in Utah um, and spent two years in in uh, Hong Kong. And so that's where I learned Chinese initially um, oh. and thought I was going to uh, go and do international business. And I thought that that was descriptive somehow of what I was going to do. Uh, but the but eventually decided that wasn't the path for me um, and graduated in Chinese in 2009 uh so just on the heels of the recession at that time uh so very little job prospects in fact just one uh and i was a financial advisor um and very quickly settled in on a niche uh serving startup founders um so did that for a while and actually my uh my first uh the first client that i had that had an exit is my current partner scott paul um and so we've known each other for about 10 years now um but yeah beyond that was have founded an agency founded a startup been on founding team of venture back startups uh joined uh joined a series b uh edtech startup so i've been in and around the uh the startup community here in utah for the past uh you know 14-ish years since i since i graduated school um and have everything i've done has been uh building community uh oh one thing that i that i forgot to mention was that i uh started the first iteration of convoy uh was this founder community that we started and we took trips around the country and and internationally and uh that was really the kind of the genesis for this like very community focus that i had uh had no uh no realization that i was going to turn into a fund eventually but that's uh that's that's the backbone of it is all these 250 different founders that went on these trips so a bunch of different relationships and those eventually became our uh our lps in this uh first first fund for for convoys the all these founders and operators Interesting. And that was, that was Convoy Events. Was that, that company? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so initially started as Convoy, then evolved into kind of a full service agency, grew to about 20 employees ish. Um, and then we, uh, shut it down during co- uh, COVID because, uh, travel and events turns out to be a terrible industry to be in <laughs> during yeah. a pandemic. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And what was, what was sort of the initial, what was the, the, the niche you were kind of filling there or the need? Cause it sounds like a really cool concept, a great way to sort of build camaraderie and a sense of belonging with founders. But what, what, what was kind of the, what was kind of the, the niche or the offering that? that yeah. Had? Yeah. So, I mean, this was before, so this is 2014 is when I, when I started doing those trips. So, so almost 10 years ago now. So Utah's startup ecosystem was like there was a lot of founders but there wasn't really anything going that like was like oh really really feeling the need of like 
you know, being a founder is a really lonely journey, you know, and, and so there wasn't anyone that was like bringing tech early, t- early stage tech founders and startups together um, to build relationships. You know, there's, there's some uh, chamber of commerce stuff and things like that. And, uh, but you know, it's very different vibe from what the, what the, what the startup founders wanted. Yeah. It's almost like you think about some of the traditional programs and they're more, I mean, not to, not to paint it with a terrible brush, but it's kind of like more, check the box kind of lip service versus like authenticity and, and, you know, really forging connection, community relationships. And that's, that's kind of what I understand is, is really has evolved even to your today to your, your funds kind of mission and strategy. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We call ourselves a community first fund. And so the idea there is that, you know, our founders, our, all of our LPs are founders and operators. And then, uh, you know, obviously that's very helpful to the founders that we back. So, you know, w- regardless of whether they're B2C, B2B, SaaS, marketplace, fintech, um, we've got one of our LPs who's been there, done that in the in whatever they're working on, be it a product question, engineering, marketing, sales. We have people that that we can uh, introduce our our um our founders to, and, you know, most funds, they have institutional LPs, which, you know, we'll, as a, as a young fund, we'll get there someday, but, uh, but, you know, that we use that as a competitive advantage now to where, you know, most, most founders are never meeting the LPs of, of, a of the, uh, VCs that back them. And even if they did, it's not really as relevant as somebody who's been there, done that in their, in been in their same, same shoes not too long ago. Very cool. And, and, in terms of Utah and the very deliberate choice to be a Utah only pre-seed fund, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks would would assume, oh, it's it's Utah. It's, you know, one of the established or emerging tech ecosystems in the country. There's probably a lot of those, but actually there isn't, right? I mean, aren't, aren't you guys really one of the only Utah only, Utah specific focused pre-seed funds? Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, we're the only one that focuses only on Utah. Uh, of course, there's there's a lot of funds that do serve the pre-seed space, but still, it's a very it's a very underserved underserved market. Um, and so, there's a couple of reasons why we decided that. First of all, we um, you know everyone that we back we're within 45 minutes of, uh, and you know that's kind of yeah. the nature of Utah is you can get to we can get lunch or drinks or whatever with every one of our founders that day if we need to, you know. And and there's I'm just a huge believer that in, that there's nothing that beats in person. I mean, we started this this podcast today just talking about how great it was to finally meet in person, you know. And so there's just nothing that you can do that can replace the value of being in person with with another with another person that you work with. So that was a big thing for us is is before we get to before we invest in somebody, we want to meet them in person. After we invest invest in them, we want to meet them in per- we want to be with them in person and there's the different, you know, you can share, it's more fun to share the, the highs. It's, it's, it's more enjoyable. And, and like, you feel closer to somebody when you're sharing the lows. And so that in-person aspect and building community is a huge part of it. Um, the second aspect is kind of funny, actually, the, uh, there's a founder here locally. Uh, he actually lives in Hawaii now, but his name's Garrett G sold a company called scan to, uh, to Snapchat. Um, and so he eventually started a thing called the bucket list, which he's working on now. He and his wife, are uh and their and their family travel around the world and are they call themselves adventure journalists when they got when they got started they uh they were doing all this press and stuff and one in the one of the first interviews they did uh his wife garrett's wife jessica said um you know we're selling most of our stuff and we're going to travel around the world um and garrett said all of our stuff, Jessica, we're selling all of our stuff. It's a way better story to say that you're selling all of your stuff than most of your stuff. And that really stuck with me of just like this idea of like, we're not a mostly Utah fund. Cause honestly, most of the funds here in Utah are mostly Utah funds. Mm. And the fact that we're all Utah is just shows that it, that we're all in, like, this is, Love this it. is the bet that we're making and we're not hedging by saying, Oh, you know, mountain West, the we'll other things, opportunistic, you know, yeah, exactly. It, it's like, Utah, no, right? we have, we have the highest level of conviction that, it, that it's, that Utah is the place to be. And that uh, obviously uh, has helped from a marketing perspective. It's helped from, from uh, a, a fundraising perspective, and it's helped for a lot of reasons. And so that's, uh, it was not an accidental choice from a uh, branding and marketing standpoint yeah. as well. Well, I love it. I mean, it's really a testament to you and, and your firm, you know, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk when it comes to community 
building community, doing it in person, being 45 minutes away, and then the commitment to those people who are in your backyard. Um, yeah. Really, really great, great, great strategy. Tell us a little bit more about the fund. There's probably some founders in Utah, pre-seed founders or founders that are in stealth mode that would, you know, or ears are perking up. Tell us a little bit about what you look for, what you like to invest in, just from a portfolio construction perspective and check size and all that. Yeah. So as, as we just talked about, obviously we're a Utah only fund, uh, pre-seed is the, uh, we love to be first check in where, where we can be. So, uh, you know, we're currently out of the fund that we're, uh, we're investing out of, uh, it's a six and a half million dollar. We calling it, uh, our fund zero. It's a proof of concept fund. Um, and so, uh, out of this fund, we're writing hundred to 250 K checks. I've done 36 investments so far. So a bunch of writing, a bunch of small checks has been the, been the MO so far. Great portfolio, Um, by the way. I mean, that's that's what you need to do when you're a pre-seed seed firm, right? I mean, if some founders may hear that, they'll be like, wow, that's a lot of portfolio companies. But it's kind of the necessary, you know, large sample size for the pre Yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly. That sounds like a great, great balance. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah, we're uh, looking to, yeah, make a make a bunch of, a uh, bunch of investments and, and diversify across uh, different, you know, fintech, SaaS, uh, consumer tech. Those are kind of the three big buckets that you know, when I tell people that they're like, oh, that's, does is that not everything <laughs> you know so it's, that's a it's a but yeah i mean there are some things that we don't do we don't do a ton of like biotech health health tech that that sort of thing um that we you know opportunistically will we'll take a look at them um but yeah that's that's the that's the primary focus right now and then um going to be investing out of our our next fund um which will ha- be larger check size but uh you know and uh obviously um Lead, take more of a lead position than we are than we are currently um and uh yeah that will so that will be but very similar fund fund thesis yep. and, and everything first check first believer love to be uh focused on utah and everything in the same way very exciting and and so you know outside of now that you know you've got this this great portfolio in the making certainly more to come with 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 your next fund what what are you finding to be both your value add beyond the check writing and also what are some of the uh you know kind of complementary of that like what are some of the biggest needs or challenges that you're seeing with pre-seed companies in utah yeah absolutely um honestly the one of the biggest things that at, at us as a um as a very founder friendly uh fund I'm finding that that folks don't have other people on their cap table as frequently that they can just be like, Hey, like this is going really bad right now. Can we talk about this? You know? And, and as a pre-seed, like pre-seed investor, that's what we sign up for is like, we know that there's going to be, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be things that you try that don't work. We know that like, we know that there's going to be times where you do demos with us about it. Cause you want to show us a new, new product feature that you have and it doesn't work. And the, which just happened yesterday with one of our port codes. And I was like, I was like, yeah, it, that happens like that. That's not surprise. Like, honestly, I'm more surprised when it does work, when you show me that than what, yeah. than anything else, you know? And so, so we just try to be really supportive. And I, I think a lot of, a lot of founders uh a lot of vcs will say that about their founders but i i think that's that's a you know a real thing that you know in a given week all of i've talked to um i've got my calendar up right here i've talked i'm just quick scan based off the colors on my calendar you know i've talked to seven of our founders so far this week um and that and and just try to be very available to them about whatever it is that they need and you know helping them find early early employees helping them talk uh find customers interested interested investors all those sort of things you know i think a lot of that isn't that unique uh to us necessarily but i think it's just the level of care that we try to show and just really know know that we're going to respond to them very quickly. Um, but I, I think on a, uh, the mo- most concrete thing that we do is, is the community that we build again. And it's, so these opportunities to bring folks together, we do uh, probably my favorite thing uh, that we do is called camp convoy. Uh, and it's our summer camp for startups. I invited you to come th- this, this past yeah. year and you need to, you need to come, come next year, oh, I want but it's so uh, bad. Do I get to get yeah. in the canoe and like, uh, go out to uh like some camp cabin somewhere yeah yeah we do yeah we do yeah we do different things every year you know so try to try to mix it up and make it fun uh and uh you know uh some some say that it it borders on cultish but uh you know it's uh (laughs) we try to try to make it exciting and keep people guessing but you know we yeah 
cold pla- cold plunge, cold bath, oh, all that sort of nice. thing, you know, just a bunch of stuff to get people out of their comfort zone. Our, our actually main value that we say is comfort zone, schmuffer zone during a, during camp convoy. So it's, like yeah, it. it's just, a, just like a way for people to, to get off the treadmill and, and, and not have to answer everything with like, how's it going? Oh, we're crushing it. You know, just set, set this, like, um, this culture of vulnerability and, and yeah. just knowing that we're all in the same boat together and, and really helping each other, helping each other first such a definitely worth worth pulling back i mean in double clicking on that because i think what you said is something that is so unfortunately it's it's not it, it, it's not common in founder mentality or investor mentality vulnerability it's typically like i'm going to hide the things that aren't going right and i'm going to promote the things that are going well and i'm going to just bottle up the stuff that i mean and that's not healthy that's not good for mental health that's not good for relationship health right so yeah. I, I love what you said about the importance of that and it's almost like we should do that more often as as founders and investors would you would you agree i mean yeah 100 year but it's like why don't we do this once a quarter yeah yeah absolutely 100 no i i it, for me like you talked about trust for me i i actually don't trust a founder if they haven't told me anything that's going wrong Cause I'm like, there are things going wrong. Like, it, like I, I know for a fact that, that there's something that is messy or on fire or anything like, let me help you. Like, and, and like, and genuinely, like, if you're not sharing those, I'm like, all right, it, do I fully believe the good things that they're saying? Cause they're trying to paint a picture and I, and I don't, and like the founders that we work with the, we like the ones that that will be like, yeah, here he, he, obviously you're not just like, Oh, our, our startup sucks. Why did you invest? You know, it's not that, but it's right. like, it's like, here's things that are going well. Here's the things that we're trying to figure out. Here's the things that we've tried. And, and it's like, okay, okay, cool. Now I can help you. If you, if you tell me what, what is what you're working on and that, and the things that, that, that are gaps that, that mm-hmm. currently exist in your startup, it's like, Hey, we can get to work if we know what to work on. But if, if you don't, if you never share, if we, if I never hear, if I don't get any investor updates from you, if I'm, if you're not sharing anything that's going bad it's like it's like all right well i guess you're fine and 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 i'll help i'll help the founders that that are asking for the help you know and so that that it's just that vulnerability that willingness to be like hey like can we work together on this i love that and those are the founders that um that's a big part of what i'm looking for in in founders that we back uh, is this like can we connect do they feel like a real person does this relationship feel like like a real friendship um you know beyond just like a, hey i'm giving you money go perform sort of a thing yeah yeah for sure well and and just you know seven founders already it's by the way for our listeners it's it's only thursday so i'm sure <laughs> it's thursday morning so that's really three full work days you've already talked to seven founders that's incredible um i i uh i find and i'm curious if you have a thought on this you know, generally, I, I it's a very individual journey with each founder. Some founders need to check. I've checked in with some of my founders on a weekly basis. I check in with some of my founders on a monthly basis. I think at a minimum, maybe quarterly basis. For but I find that especially the earlier stage founders need just need more, uh, need more help, need more eyes on, need more check checkups. What are you What are you experiencing now as the portfolio starts to separate as founders get you know follow on funding and get more you know get get sort of more mature businesses under their feet? Is it is it requiring less less of Trent more of Trent? What's the what's the dynamic there? Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right. It is it is very unique to the founder, unique to what they want, unique to um, kind of their personalities. Um, and I, I'd say that that it, there's you know because we back of the thirty six startups that we've backed so far, um, half of them have been first time founders and half have been have been repeat founders. So it's been almost oh. almost an equal equal divide between between the two, which we're very proud of that uh, that we've that we're backing both like very pedigreed founders, folks that have come from uh, you know here in Utah the Qualtrics, Divi, Pluralsight, you know, those, those sort of companies. And then also some that have flown under the, under the radar and aren't as obvious of, of founders back. Um, so, so yeah, so those are, those are some of the things that we, that we see is that, uh, you know, depending on first time founder, repeat founder, the first time founders seem to appreciate the the help a lot more. Um, and just like the, the conversations and, and everything like that, the repeat founders generally are, are, um, are like, Hey, eat, 
I need this from you right now. I know you have this contact. Um, and, and so it's, uh, so it's more just, just like, how can we open up the network is, is more mm-hmm. how we're helpful to our repeat founders. Um, and for f- first time founders, it's a, it's a lot more commi- commiseration, a lot more sharing and, and, um, you know, just being there for when they, on the ups and downs of the, of the roller coaster, not to say that the repeat founders don't experience that, but I, I'd say it, in general, generalizing, that's more of what, what we see. I see. Um, what about, you know, one of the challenges I think sometimes with, with pre-seed companies is you expect a high failure rate. And, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we don't need to talk specifics, but I mean, I'm sure there's been companies out of those 36 that just haven't made it. Um, yeah. It's just, it's a natural part of the process. And typically at the pre-seed stage, there's a high rate, right? Because yeah. businesses, the product isn't de-risk, they go to markets, like there's a lot of risks. Sometimes it's, there's technical risk, there's, you know, there's there's an infinite amount of risks at this stage. Yeah. yeah. What have you seen or how have you managed the challenge of deciding when to throw in the towel? Because I know this is something that a lot of founders struggle with. They're struggling with it, especially right now where the just the capital, the fundraising environment has gotten more constrained. What any kind of anecdotes or thoughts on and how to explore this and and these 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 are hard conversations but how how have you kind of navigated some of that yeah we've only had one out of the 36 that has shut down uh, which is Incredible. i was expecting i was expecting to have way more honestly I, by by this point you know so um but the there there'll be more you know in the in the next 6 to 12 months but um so i i think that but there's yeah there's certainly plenty that are that are struggling right now and and uh it might not be an unwise decision for some of them to shut down at at this point um you know as as i talk to as i talk to founders um there's two things generally that uh that i see that that come up regularly one is like disappointing their their investors and 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 um and the second being like i feels like my career is done after this. If I'm, if I fail at this, then what do I even do next? Like everyone's going to see me as a failure and and not move on, not be able to move on from it. Um, I speaking about failure and to get vulnerable for a second, you know, like I, after I, after I shut down my agency, right. Because of COVID um, I was, I was, I literally thought that I had to move away from Utah. Uh, I, that was my mindset at that time. I was like, I was like, Oh, my career is done here, you know? And, uh, and, uh, it just, it, when you get in these, in these mindsets where it's like you, where you where your business becomes your identity, um, it's so hard to see things clearly, you know, like not my business failed. I am a failure, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I see that happen. I I've experienced that personally. Um, and I, uh, have seen it happen with founders, you know, very, very regularly. And it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, actually, uh, on the heels of shutting down that business, I was able to raise six, six and a half million dollars from the people that I respect the most in Utah, you know? And, and, and so it's like, it's not, none of them were like, Oh, shouldn't back Trent. Cause he, cause his business failed. It's like, Oh, look at what Trent, Trent learned as a result of that. And they know that I'm going to be able to relate to founders on such a different level because I've, they know that I've been in the trenches have experienced the ups and the downs. And, and there's just so many things like that. So, you know, if there's any founders that, that I, that are, that are hearing this and are, are like, just don't see any, any path forward. I say, there's no shame in shutting, shutting down there, shutting down the doors and, and uh, closing the doors. And, and honestly, I think your investors for the most part will feel the same way as well. Um, again, to probably be, probably be more, uh, more transparent than I should be. Uh, they kind of know what path you're on and, and you're, and, and it's, and they're not going to be surprised if, if they're, if it's not working and you're at the end of the runway and they don't want you paying yourself $0 salary. Like no, any good investor does not want that for you if they care about you as a human, you know? And so I, I think that there's no shame in, in shutting down the thing and moving on to your next startup or going and working at a, at a startup and seeing what a rocket ship looks like. Like I think, and then if the, if you did a good job of communicating the ups and downs, then then they if they still believe in you, they'll they'll have a check waiting for you when on on the next one. But if uh, but the the worst part is when 
when you go solo, go rogue, go quiet and, and are, and are not communicating when things are bad. That's, that's the part where trust is lost. Cause, cause it's like, it's like, oh man, I haven't heard from this, this founder in six months. What is going on? Um, that's the part that, that it's, that it's really tough. You're so right. And it's, it's like, if they are surprised, then something was already wrong, right? Just in terms of a relationship and the communication. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. It's a great, great piece piece of advice uh, for founders. Um, tell me about, I know, I think I read recently that you teamed up with uh, Mercado Partners and Kinetic Ventures to host this AI pitch competition at, at uh, Utah Startup Week. Yeah. Tell, tell us yeah. about that. That sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little little background on on. So we 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 started Utah Tech Week, um, and uh, the kind of the genesis story for that was I was at LA Tech Week last year, um, and I was in an Uber from one event to the next. I'm like, I'm like, man, this needs to exist in Utah. So I uh, just went and bought UtahTechWeek.com in the Uber, and uh, then we started it up a few. Uh, you know, I think it was three or four months later after that. So, uh, so yeah, it was fun. That was available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Available. Yeah, it's, well, it's nuts. yeah, so it was not very, even like a troll, not even like a, a URL troll. Had yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. So I was very lucky that we were able to get that. And so um, uh, very soon after I got back, um, grabbed lunch with Kat Kennedy who, from Kickstarter uh, that I know you guys have done a bunch of investments with. Um, and I was like, Kat. Uh, we need to start Utah Tech Week, and she's like, "Yep, let's do it." And Kickstart was, uh, you know, we're we're a teeny fund. You can do the you can do the math on the management fees of a six and a half million dollar fund. Yeah. Uh, and so, so having uh, Kickstart's initial partnership was the was like the main thing that that we needed. So it was like, so Cat was Cat's like one of one of my favorite VCs here in Utah. And like, well, one of the people that I always recommend, like go talk to Kat, like the, she's, she's just so great in the, in the community. Um, and so, yeah, so started that. And then, um, and then one of the events that we did was this pitch competition that you did. So it was one of 114 events as a grassroots events, fe- uh, grassroots festival, uh, 114 people, 114 events, 2,500 unique people that attended 10,000 total attendees across all the events. So yeah, went, went really well. Um, and this first first competition uh, that we did, um, Kinetic Ventures, um, they're a really interesting fund. They have their uh, they have an AI analyst that they use. So we so everyone that applied, they uh, had had to pitch this AI analyst in uh, for twenty minutes, and they gave, gave them a score. And we went off of the uh, the score that the AI analyst <laughs> gave, and then that was the five startups that pitched uh, during it. Um, Um, And so, yeah, so I, I, it was, it was, it was amazing. And, you know, we had the list of all the, all the startups that, um, and I had seen probably most of them um, because they had, they had pitched us at, at one point or another. And it was almost perfect overlap from what I would have chosen from uh, from the list of applicants and the five finalists that, that the AI analysts chose. Did you get any feedback from the founders on that, that analyst? I mean, especially the ones that weren't selected, like any unique feedback? Uh, yeah. The ones that, the ones that weren't selected said it was the stupidest thing that they did ever, no, i but they, uh, uh, everyone said it was like, it was like really surprising, uh, how, uh, like the type of questions and how well, like the feedback that it gave was, uh, uh, how accurate it was. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of really interesting feedback. Um, Better than most, uh, partners maybe at venture firms. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, living it was humans. Like, I, was, I was like, man, is, is our job in trouble, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, so it was really interesting. And then, uh, we had, um, we had two of our port codes that were in the top five, five, uh, finalists. So I had to recuse myself from the, from the judging, uh, uh, of the pitch competition. And then one of our, one of our port codes, uh, nonsense, which is the AI, uh, AI language learning app. Um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you should actually take a look at that. That it, it's not not directly in your wheelhouse, but it's uh, okay. there. They I do have a, a B2B play as well. But they um, they have uh, they were they're the winner of the of the first competition for it. And so yeah, it was it was really cool to be able to see that come together. 
Oh, so I think there was some bias here. If the AI analyst is choosing AI, companies, <laughs> come on, uh, their own. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it is like, company. oh, it's my cousin. I, I should, I should choose my cousin here. So, uh, yeah, nepoti- AI nepotism uh, for sure. <laughs> um, what? Speaking of AI, you know, obviously, pre-seed, you're seeing stuff. I'm sure you're seeing a lot of like, you know, we're an AI company. Yeah, that's everywhere right now. But especially at the yep. pre-seed stage. Yep. Um, just what are you seeing in 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 AI that's intri- intriguing to you and interesting to you? And where, what do you think? Um, what do you, what what role do you think it'll it'll play on kind of the next generation of of successful startups? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, AI. It's it's easily over half of what we're seeing is is AI AI startups, mostly on the application layer. Um, and so, honestly, on, on the application layer, we're not. I wouldn't say that we're not bullish. I would just say that our our thesis on startups has changed a lot. You know, like for for the most part, um, the reason why we're pre-seed investors is we is we feel like like pre-seed companies, startups have have a massive advantage over incumbents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't believe that necessarily to be the case with with AI technology. You know, you have application layer startups that are going after things and that are going up against incumbents. We're seeing how quickly incumbents are adopting AI technology and are and are using their their uh, already like the built-in distribution advantage that that they have and so there's the and so most of these startups that we're seeing they don't have a moat they don't have any any advantage over startups this the founder that founders that are working on it um first learned about ai when chat gpt came out um and so the you know we've done uh we've done five ai investments since since uh since we're since we've been a fund and none of those have been since chat gpt came out um because the because the uh just the competition has gotten so strong we're seeing three or four of every single idea that we're seeing you know and so and so it's just it's just so within within startups everyone's saying oh what can the technology do so they're rushing in and and coming up with the same ideas you know and so there's uh yeah it, it's just way harder to underwrite than uh than than anything else that uh that we're that we're seeing right now i i couldn't agree more it's 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 almost it's it's where where the founder is is claiming that the ai is the differentiation or the competition or the moat it's loose i mean it hangs very loose on a thesis it's it's more like how is there unique data involved how is the business model a moat and it just so happens that on top of a real moat there is ai enabling the business to do faster be better whatever it is but yeah I, yeah i see the same thing I'm yeah exactly yeah it's it's, re- it's really tough the, the things that we've looked most closely at um we, we have a couple that we're that we're diligencing right now like the the technology is the is the moat mm-hmm. uh, um, and it's not the not just a you know chat gpt rapper you know yeah any uh anything fun uh that like either fun stories or unique stories of pitches places that founders pitch you places where you met founders i i I feel like because of your stage you must have like at least one or two really fun stories or or fun stories about companies that uh you you got conviction in that you never thought you would invest in or spaces any any like fun founder stories from the pre-seed utah scene i uh so i'm uh I have very little uh, qualms about not doing things like it within the social norms. So I was at an event one time and uh, I just, I I'm Asian. Um, and I, and I, uh, saw this other guy that, uh, uh, <laughs> this other guy that's Asian as well. I was like, oh, hey, we're both Asian. Well, should we chat? <laughs> so I was like, that's literally how I introduced my, to him, myself to him. And uh turns that's out awesome. he was a CTO for a startup um, and he's brilliant. And, uh, you know, and so I met him. We talked, we ended up talking for a while um, and then uh, met his, met the CEO who was like the really, really like the visionary for it. And I just like loved it and fell in love with what he was doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was a, that was a weird way you know not often that we're meeting meeting founders cold and backing what they're doing but that the the reason why we met that founder is because i said hey you're asian let's chat so (laughs) the non-traditional but very open and transparent approach i I love it trent that's definitely who you are is is somebody not afraid to be uh to be real that's great yeah Um, What about uh, what are you seeing as kind of any unique challenges 
in the region for founders and specifically uh i'm curious follow on follow on is everything right when you're a pre-seed company most of these companies are not gonna even be able to break out and have an early exit at the pre-seed stage so it's like what what are you seeing if if follow-on funding is the most important thing i mean obviously building a, a, a business is the most important sure, thing sure. that's that's uh, yeah but 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 really it's it's about getting to follow-on funding where are you seeing interest from what are you seeing as some of the challenges in the current market and and how are you helping your portfolio overcome those yeah um i'll go once one stage earlier than what what you're referring to i'd say a bigger problem than the follow-on would be just the angel environment here it, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a tough it's a really tough market and that's something that we're going to be focusing a lot in the coming months is bringing bring together a more cohesive angel community there's uh several groups that are uh that are that are doing things park city angels salt lake city angels tribe angels um there's a lot of different groups that are that are um doing different efforts i still think it's very underserved very very underserved and 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 it's like very difficult for founders to meet folks that are willing to write very early checks um and so that so that's a that that's i i think is is finding the people that will that will be the first believers alongside us that will take you know two-thirds i can't remember if i mentioned this already but two-thirds of what we've backed has been um pre pre pre-revenue you know and so so we're getting in really early and that's that's a that's a hard thing for most funds to to uh write a pre-revenue uh check is if they unless they're a repeat founder or somebody very pedigreed um so yeah so finding finding uh you know where we're writing 100k checks right now um finding people to fill out a round for 250 or 500k just to get just to get an mvp out the door you know um and or get the get the first customers and start getting uh product market fit you know those initial uh initial signs um so yeah so for me that's where my head is at a lot more um because i think i think the ones that highlighted that yeah. yeah, the the ones that the ones that are breaking out and and do have have signs of product market fit that they are able to raise. Um, it, it's the ones, and and so I I think the I think the biggest difference between um between now and kind of pre twenty twenty one frothy markets is just the graduation rates. You know, we're mm-hmm. seeing we're seeing uh seeing those get like companies that probably shouldn't have gotten funded. We're getting funded. Um, and, and so that, I think that's a lot more difficult, but yeah, good, good companies are still getting funded now. And that, and that's, that's the, I think that's the key is, 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 um, is really making sure that, that, you know, Utah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of investors here, but we can't fund all the, all the good companies here. So having, having folks like yourself, having, uh, uh, people on the coast that we can, that we can introduce our, our mm-hmm. portfolio companies to is, is really important as well. Great. What about, you know, as we think about here, we are Q3 2023. Uh, I'm sorry, Q4, the beginning of Q4 is what I meant to say. We just, yeah. yeah. What are you seeing or, or are you optimistic about the fundraising environment? Is it changing? Generally, for our founders out there that are listening, how should they be calibrating expectations on raising a seed round in Utah right now? Like what, what should what should they be thinking about? Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely need to have real businesses, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's just such a, such a different thing. And, and, you know, a lot, a lot of folks have talked about this, but it's just like, it's like the game on the field changed. And and I was like, it used to be a growth at all costs, get to get to the next round sort of a thing. But yeah, we just, the business fundamentals are so much more important than, than, Mm. than they used to be. And, and, uh, you know, if you're not, not running a business that is actually looking like a business and it, it, it's less looks more like a business less like a startup um you know it's it's going to make it harder for you to raise and so that's i think that's the biggest thing is that that folks need to realize is like it's not get your bit like the one thing that i still see if people not calibrating well is uh not getting their burn in, under control I, I feel like that's a lesson I feel like that's a lesson that that founders have not fully learned yet um it is is uh not taking the lessons from the larger companies that are still doing layoffs that are still we still have to have those things happen um and it's like man shouldn't shouldn't we've all learned this 12 months ago that we're that we need to get just get tighten the belt and be a lot more uh, a lot more frugal with it, with everything that we have, you know? And so I, I think that's the, that to me, that's the biggest lesson that I see that, that, uh, regularly, um, that founders are just not, not getting, 
um, not having the discipline that they, that they need to, and they're taking, you know, if they've come from larger companies have gotten used to the way that they spend. And, 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 and so it's, it's a, yeah, it's a difficult thing for, I think for founders to fully wrap their minds around like, ah, this is, it's a different environment. There's no guarantee of the next round. And so how do we, how do we make it? So uh, to increase our odds as much as possible. Yeah. Are you finding, are they, I mean, are those conversations that hard conversations you're having to have? with with your portfolio right now yeah yeah and and honestly uh i i have them but honestly what like what i've realized is if they're not already doing it that they're they are because one of the things that the blessing and the curse of founders is they're so optimistic you know and and so every founder is like oh we're going to spend our way into break even you know and 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 that's going to be the the way that and like that and and so ha- if if there's some of our founders who have that mindset it's it's pretty hard to to shake that optimism and like and there's part of me that also doesn't want to shake that optimism it's like mm-hmm. go do it and and the best way you're going to learn the lesson is by is by your own experiences and 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 whatever you do um but yeah overall um you know we we've that's a that's a part of what we look for in the founder DNA of those that we back is a fruit frugality is is a like oh they're gonna make they're gonna make the dollars count that they, that they have so you know we try to we try to find founders that already have that built into them and and because it's it's hard to change uh it's you know a, a person that's overweight can know that they need to exercise and eat, eat better but it just mentioning that to them again doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to do that you know so finding right. people who already have those traits is is an important part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what what other traits? What else are you looking for as a kind of a call out to you know pre-seed founders? The frugality for sure. What what else? What are some of the other traits you you look for in in founders that you you know are a good fit for you and Convoy? Yeah, so seventy five percent of the folks that we've backed are are people that we've known previously, um, either us or our founders. So uh, probably my not probably by far my most recommended article that that I've uh, that I've said is uh, Mark Suster's um, invest in lines, not dots. Um, and so he he talks about he talks a lot about how uh, you know the first time you meet somebody that's one dot, and and you can be blown away by their presentation by their by their salesmanship by the idea but it's like you don't know if they're a good founder until the next interaction that you have and you say oh yep uh, you know, one thing that, one thing that I always pay attention to give, give, this is a little bit of the the cheat code here is if I, if it's been a week or two since, since I've talked to a founder, you know, um, and, and I'll say, Oh, Hey, what's, 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 what's the latest? How have the past couple of weeks been? And they're like, Oh yeah, not much, not much is new. And I'm like, what? The, a week is so, <laughs> a week's a lifetime a in, in startup land. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it should be like, Oh yeah, I've had a bunch of, cus- a bunch of more great customer conversations, you know, all these different things. And so it's like, so the, the dots that we have, mm-hmm. um, so one, w- one shout out to a, to a founder that sticks out in my mind, Renato v- uh, Villanueva, uh, founder of, of, of parallel. Um, so we met cold off of a, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so I saw, I, I uh, catnip for me and, and many investors is stealth startups. So I was like, okay, well, let's reach out to them. See, see what he's <laughs> working on. So we start, we start talking and we talk basically every day for, for, uh, for about 10 days. And the first, first, day is like it's like oh what are you working on and he's like oh yeah this is what i'm doing next day next day we catch up um and and he's like oh yeah talk to five more five more potential customers and and got this feedback i'm like wow that was that was really fast in a day. Um, and then talked to him the next day and, and I was like, yeah, and I've got, I've got uh, three potential CTO candidates. I'm like, wow, that was really, and like every single day that I talked, I'm like, you're getting like an unbelievable amount done in this, in this short period of time. And so it's like founders that, that move extremely quickly, um, understand what they need to do and, and do it. And, and, and they say, a very ambitious thing. And then, then the next time you talk to them, the next dot is like, Oh wow, they did it. You know? And so like the more you get, get those, those data points that are saying that, that they, um, that they're doing what they say that they're going to do. That's a huge thing. Um, and, and probably the, a, by the way, that's yeah. a super unique strategy that I haven't heard of before. Is that it? Is that kind of one out of your playbook to try to do more micro interactions, more, you know, less duration. It's not an hour long meeting. It's like just, but it's like maybe consecutive days or consecutive weeks and just smaller interactions. Is that a strategy? That's really, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love to have those, have those things. Cause it, it, it's, it's, um, cause for me, if, if I haven't got it, it like, 
a, a huge thing is like, do I enjoy, do I want to follow up with them tomorrow? Do I want to talk with them in, next week? You know? And, <laughs> and it's like, like if I'm looking, if I'm not looking forward to that conversation, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to spend the next 10 years with this founder, you know? And right. so that, that's a big part of it. It's like, like if it just kind of, na- yeah, exactly. If it just kind of naturally happens and, and that you're, that you're following up with them regularly and, and you're like, man, I'm learning something every single time I, I talk to this founder. Like that's a, that's a great indicator as well that, that you guys are jiving, uh, like, like mutually, you know, um, and then yeah, so I, that that's definitely a part part of our thing is is um, you know we back channel a ton, we back channel a ton on founders and and see see who that is and and um, and and I I'll I'll say like oh what should I say to 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 make this person laugh? What should I say to make to stump this person? You know, and and I'll always get get the get the details. And if and if I get a lukewarm um, back channel from someone, I'm like that from the person who who they said to talk to, you know, so it's like all that sort of stuff. That's really important. Um, and I, I'd say the, I'd say the biggest thing that we, that we look for is uh, beyond this, like just this, we, we use the phrase freak founder a bunch. We always talk about, are they a freak founder? Is there evidence that they, that they're just like an outlier among outliers, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's an outlier personality to want to be a founder. And then among the, you know, we see a hundred, hundred plus startups a month. Um, so among those, like, what are the things that, that make these founders stand out? Um, and so beyond that, uh, we talk about like earn secret. I think that I think is a Peter Thiel thing. Um, what is the, the earn secret that, that they have? Um, mm-hmm. and that can come from working in the industry, trying to solve their own it scratch their own itch um but there's something deep that they have that is very unique and i'm like oh they understand this problem in a much different way than others and they've done something to in their career or their lives to earn that that unique insight yeah man i'll tell you we're i just realized we're almost out of time i knew this episode was going to fly by there's just so many good nuggets and just constant Constant great thoughts from you. So thank thank you for sharing. I do have two more quick questions before yeah. we are out of time. And the first is, um, what as you kind of look into the the convoy crystal ball, uh, yeah. what do you what are you getting excited about the rest of this year and then into twenty twenty four and and beyond? What's what's exciting to you and any anything fun to share just in terms of the firm? Yeah, definitely. I I think that we are we've got a lot of startups that are um so you know we're uh, I can't remember if I mentioned but we're we started the fund just just uh, January one of twenty two so we're, we're so we're a young fund um and we've got uh so far we've had eight markups in a down market which I feel great about and we've got another uh, another fifteen or so companies that are going to be raising and um I. Th- think out of that we'll have probably another eight ish that will be up rounds. You know, I think, I think that there'll be uh, some that, some that aren't able to raise some that are sure. that raise, raise flat rounds, you know, um, and just able to keep their, keep the lights on. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that we've got a bunch, bunch. Of, so our, our startups are doing well. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of indications that things are going well. Um, from a community standpoint, we, you know, I mentioned we're a community first fund, uh, Utah tech week is coming up in January. Super excited about that. That's, that's one of my favorite things that we do. And there's, a, and we're just kind of systematically going through and seeing like, what do builders in Utah need? Um, what do first time founders need? What do repeat founders need? What is missing from the, from the Utah ecosystem? And, you know, and, and it's something that, that we see that it's like, okay, We'll, we've got this long list and we'll, 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 we'll address them one by one. And, uh, we've, we're, we're going to be here for years. So we've got a lot of time to address all these things to, to, to help the builders in, in our community. Very exciting to hear. Uh, by the way, we'll put the link to, uh, Utah tech week in the show notes and encourage people to check that out. I know it's a very open and community oriented. Anybody can do anything, right? I mean, yep. they can sign up for a certain slot or a week and host an event and, Excited to say, and for our listeners, Next Frontier Capital, we're planning on doing something this year. So uh, excited, excited for that. Um, yeah. so, so check it out. If you're a listener, go to Utah Tech Week. Um, the last question I have for you, Trent, I usually like to kind of go more personal or philosophical with kind of the, the last, um, is really, you know, you've shared a lot of great things in this episode that are core, you know, core elements of your focus on community as a community builder and you know, as, as I've known you, that's something I've really respected and admired the authenticity there. But for you personally, what is, a, you know, what is sort of a principle or a, 
uh, you know, kind of a practice maybe that you have in your life that has made you a better person and a better investor and, you know, helped you create, helped you create discipline around this notion of authenticity and community? Yeah. Um, a question that I ask people a lot of times is, um, what is something that you are, uh, you know, nature versus nurture? What's something that you're inherently good at and what's something that you've worked to be good at? Um, something that I am naturally good at um, uh, uh, is I genuinely think I just care about humans more than anyone does. Um, and I have, I, there's a lot of things that I've worked to do, but it's just like, I just am, get my energy from being around good humans. And I have a very good eye for the best people, the hardest workers, the people that have the highest levels of integrity. And I would be a horrible series B investor. Cause I, I, I like, I just, I don't care about metrics when I, yeah, I don't care about metrics. I don't care about these things. I, I just care about like, what is the potential of this human? And I just genuinely think that like, for me, I, the way that I connect with people is, I think is different. I, I show up in a different way because I I'm willing to be vulnerable first and share, share things that be like, Oh, I'm going to open up to the, uh, a compliment that I receive from people that they don't know it's a compliment is, Oh, I've never told anyone this before. Uh, if somebody starts that sentence with that, it's like, Oh, the reason why they're saying that is because they trust me, you know? And, and so it's like, and so that's something that, that I'm like, you don't realize that you gave me a compliment, but that compliment that you just gave me is I trust you more than basically anyone ever I've ever met. And, and I'm going to share this thing with you. And so that, for me, that human to human connection is just, that's, that's core to how we operate at Convoy core to how I operate as uh, as a, you know, in all my relationships. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I got to say, I've never told anybody this before, but I'm going to say it on Found in the Rockies. A lot of firms claim to be founder first and founder centric and relation, you know, caring about humans, all that. But you, my friend, are someone who lives it and breathes it every day. And and it's not because of what I've experienced from you. It's what I've experienced from other founders in the Utah ecosystem. So I think that is the testament uh, to you. And, uh, I want to thank you for doing that because the world needs, uh, needs more VCs like you, my friend. So thank you. Thank you so much, Les. And I can, and, and I'm not just saying this because you said it, but I, I hear the same thing about you all the time. So it's, it's a like attracts, like game, recognized game, whatever it is that, you know, we, it, it's, it's a pleasure to, to be able be in the same space with you. Well, thank you for being on the episode today, Trent, R- really excited to, to feature you and all the great work you're doing on Convoy. Um, why don't you just conclude by telling our listeners where they can find you and Convoy Ventures online? Yep. Um, so just LinkedIn and Twitter are probably where I'm most uh, most active. Uh, a, a little bit of a weird follow on both. But yeah, just Trent Mono, M-A-N-O uh, on LinkedIn. You can find me there and uh, at Trent Mono on Twitter. Um, and then Convoy with an I, uh, Convoy Ventures on, on both places is where we're probably, probably most active. But yeah, uh, happy to connect with anyone on on the socials. Awesome, Trent. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to nextfrontiercapital.com to get transcripts, links, and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop every two weeks. We'll see you next time.